You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. Splendid. Splendid. Tonight on Amazingly Terrible, we're going to be reviewing The Real Ghostbusters, episode number 51, Hard Night's Day. Shit just got real. (laughs) (laughs) And legally distinct. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast where we barely review a random cartoon and then fight about it. My name's Adam. My name's Matt. My name is David. I'm Derek. (laughs) My name's Mike, and I don't ever review these. Good point. You come more in the second part. (laughs) I come all the time. No, you come second. (laughs) That's that's one thing that we've always said about you, Mike, is that you're a very giving lover. Mm-hmm. We've always said that. You always put yourself second. Mm-hmm. Derek, you're, you're talking about the um, the MacBook commercials earlier in this. Did you guys yeah. get the Portland Oregon? Did you get the Oregon commercials? I did not mind seeing that one multiple times. It was beautiful. It was uh, insane. Is that the one that's animated? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Spirited yeah. Away. It's like a uh, yeah. Ghibli film. <laughs> Ghibli commercial, basically. Uh, so, fun fact, did not get it on this... Uh, this viewing, but I saw that kind of ad nauseum when we were out in Oregon for the past month. Yeah. So I know exactly. It's it's funny that you bring that up because I know exactly what you're talking about, and it is a beautiful commercial. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very nice. Portland's a nice place. It was just very surprising mm. to me the fact that they they tried to like create because it literally was like spirited away. And then they oh yeah, very of, deliberately. Yeah. That that just kind of surprised me because I was I don't usually associate anime with Oregon for whatever reason. Um, which is a lot of nerds up there. Well, and I guess we're also watching cartoons, so it it is a it is a advertisement that's right. focused at their demographics. Yeah. So yeah, they know they know what idiots we are. <laughs> yeah, hey, David. Yeah. What is our next segment? <laughs> Jesus Christ, we haven't even started the first segment. This isn't even a Marin Open yet. I, for one, am excited to talk about the difference between Ray and, um, fuck, the other dude. Egon. Egon. No, the other guy. Peter Brinkman? Peter Brinkman. No, the other guy. Jesus Christ. Winston. Slimer. Slimer. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Adam, do you bring do you bring up who Peter Venkman's voice actor is in this? Mm, it's Garfield. Um I, I was going to, but I mean we can go in and do it now. It's it's uh, Lorenzo Music. Uh, <gasps> no, it's not. This one it's aired not. this one aired after nineteen eighty six. Because Lorenzo Dave Music Coulier. was the original voice. There we go. Yes, You're through right. 84 through 86, Dave Coulier, 87 to 91. Because when it started, I'm like, that sounds kind of Bill Murray-ish, but not really. And it sounds familiar. And I looked it up, and I'm like, holy fuck. It was the guy that was from Full House. And then he also would guest host America's Funniest Home Videos when Bob Saget wouldn't do it back in the 90s. And that's where I recognized it from. Nice. Wow. Nice. Dave Coulier. I'm just glad for this episode I'm going to be able to talk about Peter and Ray um without stepping on a completely irrelevant uh other ghostbusters episode whoa shade casts so is this the second time we've watched the real ghostbusters no 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 we watched ghostbusters mm-hmm. the original yeah. ghostbusters earlier 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what was kind of the end result of that? We did the one universe theory. No, I hated it and <laughs> said that we should never bring this up again. I think that one happened on the first adoption attempt because I was I was out and I I remember yeah. Yeah. people being mm-hmm. like, "This is really fucking bad." Do you remember the episode where Mike cried? We cut it out of the show, but Mike cried yeah. at I, the end of the recording. I don't know if I no was, no I wasn't was, around for that he one. Was, he was masturbating I, at the same time, but he definitely was crying. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is all, it's all a lie. We could hear the crying, but not the the we could only see the masturbating. So they could <laughs> only infer the masturbating. What did you guys watch that was so emotionally connected to Mike's childhood that he just Derek, drank they, too much they are, and bald? They are pulling your chain so hard that um, it's not even a chain anymore. I prefer the term song. yank. Because mm-hmm. we're like if they're crank pulling yankers. my chain, that means that they're jerking my dick. Do you have a? Uh, you all have right, a that chain? joke didn't. That that joke. Went <laughs> <away>. that, <laughs> you have a chain I dick. Like, Ooh, I, a, I do. It's like multi-segmented. Nice. Sounds hard to clean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like a little WD forty. Lots of yeah, yeah. Lots of grease and, you know, one of those um, leather rags that you could slide the grease along the chain um, <laughs> so that it coats every link perfectly. Mm-hmm. You don't want to use The you know, fact latex. that you know how to lube a chain with a leather <laughs> means, rag makes me go, how did, how, where the fuck did you get that information from? What are you doing in the bedroom, Mike? Let's you know that I live out there where there are trees and a necessary necessity for tra- chainsaws i thought it was that we knew that trees natural enemy was the chain and so you would lay the chain out to keep the trees away mike back, a chainsaw back, back is a fucking one cylinder like three horsepower engine with a fucking bicycle chain on it it's, it doesn't have touch screens yeah you've got a horsepower engine they, they only let me have cat power engines Ooh. Well, I mean, in, in Brooklyn, they've actually removed all the all the trees, so you're good. Okay, it's you know true. what the biggest lie in my life was? One horse is actually 15 horsepower. Did you know that? <laughs> well, don't we also it's, know from uh, my brother, my brother, and me that if you have two horses together, they actually do more work than two horses. Two horses, yeah. Horsepower is a lie. Oh yeah. Do you know how much a horse can fucking pull? A lot. And you're telling me a one a one horsepower mower like motor is gonna pull like a fucking thousand pound sled? No. Do you know how much I can uh pull when I see a horse? (sighs) Probably about six or seven times to completion. Oh god. Do we have to go through this? Yeah, we do. Can, can we can we just nod? Like, you know how in 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 the Marx Brothers movies where like Groucho Marx like says something, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of just nods, and everyone in the audience laughs, but nobody around Groucho Marx actually acknowledges it. Like, That's because it's like... not funny to watch other people laugh. <laughs> Sometimes we should just let Matt say something and just nod and move on. Mike, that's what we do to you. Yeah, yeah I know. It's not as funny over. when you, it's more funny when we do it to you. Yeah, well, I'm calling you out on now. Okay, thanks, Mike. <laughs> You're right. That how, how does it feel? It how wasn't it a good feel? joke, but I'm just gonna make David cut it. <laughs> You're such that's a right. cheater. Well, you never actually give uh, David any notes, so you can get him to cut stuff as well, or you can tell yeah. him to leave it in. All right, David. He's AFK right now, but I want you to cut out everything that Adam says now.
stripper buffet in Portland. I'm actually not going to say when to stop cutting. Yeah, I think we're done with the podcast now. All right, Adam, wrap it up. What's the, what's our summary? So welcome welcome to our 200th episode. No. Yeah, this is episode 200. Yeah. Shit, I should have prepared more. <laughs> well, you keep missing episodes, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I keep on missing it. What, what was yeah. the last episode I missed? Mm, was it last week? No. Big O? No, I was, I was the Sumerian last week. Were you here for the Big O? Uh, you were the Sumerian last week. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't say I was the good Sumerian. I was just the Sumerian. Um, I was there for My, my Little, little pony. pony. Yes. Okay. Rainbow I was here Bright? for Land of the Lost. Uh, you forgot about Land of the Lost. I was here for that. Yeah, I know you were here for that because we keep saying splendid. Splendid. Yes. Splendid. Splendid. Uh, I was not here for Rainbow Bright. That's but right. I was here for Saturday Supercade. You were? Yeah. I don't even remember that one. I think I blacked out on that one. Mm-hmm. That's uh, such a bad episode. Oh, it's so good. So, God. anyways, my, my point is you could shut your Blue Mountain bean hole. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been here for at least 75% of the last episodes. I think I might have been sticking a few too many Blue Mountain beans up there because I'm becoming a little incontinent. Uh, the Blue Mountain bean holes is going to have to be the sports team we support. When, when we're rich. <laughs> when All the right. team we make. We're going to make yeah. the team. And by support, I mean we're we're going to get like a, a, a little league team and force them to use that name for our sponsorship. So, the real Ghostbusters. The real <sighs> Ghostbusters. Mm. Hey, um. So. We all know the, the reason for the name, right? Listen to our previous episode. Insert name of episode here. <laughs> yeah. I was going to suggest to my previous episode about Ghostbusters. In 1984, when uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis were actually writing uh, the film Ghostbusters, they didn't realize that Filmation basically owned the copyright for that name. There was a big legal battle. Apparently, the film Universal really wanted the name Ghostbusters. Uh, it wound up coming to a head where the executive that was working with Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis on the filming of Ghostbusters left Universal to become the president of Filmation. And then he, or the president of Columbia Pictures, I should say, rather, that owned Filmation. And then as the president of Columbia Pictures, he then sold himself, essentially, the name Ghostbusters for $500,000. The... Name rights did not transfer to the cartoon, though. So when Filmation found out that Ghost the that Columbia was making a Ghostbusters cartoon, Filmation said, "We want to make the cartoon for you," but Columbia basically said, "No, we're going to go with Dick." And Eek. Filmation basically said, "Well, fuck you, we're going to do it anyway." And Filmation rushed to create Ghostbusters. So in order to set them apart. Columbia had Deke call this cartoon the real Ghostbusters. And they both released, I believe, uh, on the same day. It was one day. Filmation got theirs out one day before the real Ghostbusters. Nice. That's how you do it. Well, let's be honest here. One is the real Ghostbusters and one is fake-ass 
One is the real Ghostbusters, and the other one is the original Ghostbusters. I wouldn't. Or Counter Ghostbusters. Counter Ghostbusters. Or Ghostbusters Prime. Yeah. Or the original (laughs) famous Ghostbusters. Or the bullshit Ghostbusters. So that's that's the quick breakdown. If you want the more in-depth version, we, we went into it a little bit more deeply in Ghostbusters in the episode we did for Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think that's exactly how much detail we went into it. This is... So I actually have it playing in the background. Wow. This is very interesting. The, the, the original Ghostbusters, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. But so this the was, first thing I'm... This was originally... So th- this is modern animation from a 1960s concept, right? Yes. And they yes. yeah, okay. so they they um they made the cartoon about the children of the characters who were in the original yeah, the show actually, and they also yeah. like spruced it up and changed it around quite a bit. Yeah. I mean the the outfits of those characters are definitely 1980s, but it's very 1960s influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I didn't know any of that. Wow, oh, interesting. I definitely remember this cartoon, though, the one that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. yeah. As will most of our listener. My, uh, my, like my, the- my, heart's, <laughs> my heart went pitter-patter when they did the, the end credits where they're all walking in there in the parade, and oh, they all yeah. break out yeah. into the strut where they're pointing, doing finger guns and everybody. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know that that's um, from the music video for the Ghostbusters song, right? Yes, because the music video oh. for the Ghostbusters song is Ray Parker Jr. walking down the street with Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie and Ernie Hudson were basically walking down the street behind Ray Parker Jr. and they were dancing and like finger pointing and like having a good time down yeah. uh, Times Square. So you know who would have been better, Michael Winslow. He could have done all the sounds for all of like the. <laughs> <laughs> the ray guns and uh-huh. the j- proton packs and the ghosts that would have been a been, very different movie it would have been awesome yeah. if it would have been there. really about winston's psychosis yeah he should have been like a frighteners version of the ghostbusters where they <laughs> <laughs> where they really are scam yeah nice and you know who would have been better as uh peter Venkman? mel brooks okay hmm <laughs> That doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't, but I, I like this dream casting of Ghostbusters are going on. That's mm-hmm. interesting. What else you got? That's all. Okay. You know who would have been uh, the right the person end. to play uh, Egon? Uh, Harold Egon. Ramis? Uh, no, uh, Egon Sheila, the painter from the uh, 19th century. Hmm. He, oh, he could have yes. painted mm. highly sensual uh, pictures. Stephen Hawking's would have been a better fit. Stephen mm. Hawking's. I was going to go with the guy that played Max Headroom. Yes. <laughs> Jim Max. And just by Jim this, Max. this mashup, uh, Keanu Reeves should have been in here just because. Yeah. Well, Keanu Reeves should have played Dan Aykroyd's character, Ray. No, he should have played yeah. Slimer. <laughs> yeah. I Slimer see all he... decked out with guns like he actually is doing John Wick. Slimer. Yeah. I was thinking more like Bill and Ted's like Slimer. Like, the first thing we should talk about when it comes to Ghostbusters is the song, because it is iconic. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It is uh, was written by Ray Parker Jr. No. In uh, June 16th of 1984. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, no, it, it was not. 
Who wrote it then? Uh, the Huey Lewis. No. Henry Parker, and no. Harry Parker Jr. ripped it off. <laughs> no, Huey Lewis and the News, they they had the same baseline. And yes, Ray Parker Jr. did fucking rip it off. I agree with you 100%. But it it is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, so similar that he had to pay them money. A, an undisclosed amount of money, yes. Mm-hmm. But... This song went to uh, number one on the Billboard Hot 100 list in uh, uh, August 11th, 1984, and stayed there for three weeks. And that is when Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. for mm-hmm. plagiarism. And of course he did, because if you put the two of them next to each other, they are the same song. very similar. Not yeah. quite the same. Very similar, though. Almost exactly the same. Huey Lewis? Huey Lewis in the news. news. No, no. (laughs) But what's funny is, the reason why why we know this is plagiarism is that in 1985, they settled out of court for an undisclosed sum and a confidentiality agreement. And then Huey Lewis later talked about him suing Ray Parker Jr., on a 2001 episode of VH1's Behind the Music, so then Ray Parker Jr. sued Huey Lewis for breaking the confidentiality agreement, and apparently he made a lot of money off of that. Yes. But then in, in 2004, the filmmakers had said that they actually used Huey Lewis in the news' song, I Want a New Drug, as temporary background music for scenes that they showed Ray Parker Jr. to get him to write the theme song for the movie. Hmm. So again, this is like super convoluted. Everybody's stealing each other's shit for the Ghostbusters IP. I just love the fact that there's all these different controversies that, are, that pop up specifically for this. So, Well, Huey Lewis never stole anything except our hearts, but he just, You're he just wrong. didn't, <laughs> he just didn't uh he just he just talked about it you know publicly no no yeah he talked about it publicly but that broke uh, the confidentiality agreement so then yes. ray parker jr was able to sue him assumingly to recoup whatever he lost from the original lawsuit so i'm sure he wanted more he probably got more yeah but the important thing is i think that they that they gave ray parker jr just like a couple of days to write this song while basically forcing him to listen to Huey Lewis in the news, I want mm-hmm. a new drug constantly while he's trying to figure it out. So, which is one of the world's most catchy songs. Yeah, gentlemen, we are forty minutes into this episode. Shall we get on to the actual ghost busting? Mike, are you are you me? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I, I I have to fill in for you when you don't fill in for yourself. Mm, that's okay. I have to fill in for you in the bedroom. Uh, do you guys want to no, go into? I don't think you actually do. Do you want to go into the original script for uh, Ghostbusters? Why don't we just start with the start of this episode? Okay, I had no idea who Egon Shile was until <laughs> you literally just mentioned that, and so I looked it up. Yeah, because I was like, "Who who the fuck is this guy?" <sighs> um, the his artwork. Holy shit. Long story short, I'm playing a video game in which that art style is 
very, very heavily influencing the art style in the game. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Because I've always thought it's a very unique art style. Like, kind of his squiggly lines as he draws yeah. the figures and stuff. And, like... It, it, and Hades? Very, no, not Hades. Hades is very stylized. Um, Disco Elysium. Yep. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. I, I love the art style in that game. And then when I saw his stuff, I'm, I'll probably look through a whole bunch of his paintings tomorrow. Just to see, because I think it's really fantastic. It's an art style I had never experienced before. Uh, and then when you brought that up, I definitely was like, holy fuck, this guy was like a huge influence on the art for this this game. And it's tragic, dude. Yeah, he's a huge influence uh, generally. It's not tragic. It's yeah. great. Well, no, his art. I just read his life. Yeah. Oh, man, his oh, yeah, he's sad, man. His pregnant wife, uh, Spanish flu, died like three days before he did. You're just yeah. like, fuck, at age 28. Yeah, like sad, he was super fucking talented. Sad Fuck. dude, sad life. Yeah, survives World War One. Spanish flu. Anyways, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that name up. Now I feel a little bit more educated. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Mike's real salty have, tonight. <laughs> I know, right? He, he's just pissed. Just wanna, the painters. I just want to. Uh, it, it could be the paint. It could be all those VOCs. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the paint. painters literally okay. did what you paid them to, and you're upset about it. Hey, guys, I can, fast, super fast. I can probably get through this pretty quickly, Mike, if you want me to. Hey, look, of all the colors that I asked them to paint, Salty was not one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> but they came all over your walls anyway. Yeah. I asked them to paint with all the colors of the moon. Uh, what's that The mean? umbra, the penumbra. Mm-hmm. The, the dark Oakland side. Albra. Okay, so in this episode of uh, the Real Ghostbusters, Act One, Peter Bakeman has a date with a very classy lady that is not his speed, much uh, higher station than him. So, wait, so she's not going to be his ghoul friend? Jesus, Mike. How can is this, is this really the reason why you wanted us to get on with it just so you could start your puns? So Peter Bakeman is late, so they're rushing back to the station. Uh, Peter Bakeman starts treating uh, Janine as if uh, she is his personal assistant, trying to get her to lay out his clothes and get the doors open for him. Janine really seems like the unsung hero of the Ghostbusters here. Don't get she me started. Is. I'm pretty so- sure she is in the movies too. So yeah, she like runs the whole show for them. Yep. I like how they uh, they kind of they glowed up some of the people. Like Peter Vinkman is chiseled, and Janine oh, is just way say, more we, attractive in we, the fucking we, cartoon than she is in the movie. Definitely see in this episode that Peter Vinkman is a snack. Yeah, he's got a tight he, little four pack down there. He's cut just like our dear friend Derek is, mm-hmm. and all Ooh, the ladies are swooning. We gotta get we gotta get back to that. He's got a lot less confidence than in the movie. So that's true. He does. Yeah. What? Like in the movie, he's insecure. They yeah. they they allude at him in in the show being somebody who's like a serial dater, like womanizer, or whatever. But like he's not what he is in the movie in the show. Yeah. But like he just. Like, but it, it it is kind of important though that they did stick to the character trait that he's chasing after, like very classy ladies, because in the movie. Dana was a cellist, right, for the symphony, for the New York Symphony. Yeah, she was and, like a socialite, too. Like, she yeah. came from money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, he's supposed to be a social climber. Like, he's he's supposed to be like um, a himbo. 
A himbo. Nice. Like a him that. a himbo. He he you know, like he's 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 trying to be a trophy Ghostbuster. A a trophy buster? Trophy buster. Cause Bustin makes him feel good. I was okay. so confused as a kid why Peter Vinkman looks like Dan Aykroyd in the cartoon. Like why they switch characters. Like Bill Murray does not look like the Peter Vinkman in yes. the show. But yeah. Ray Dan, does. But Ray okay, Dan Aykroyd has the like the long flowing hair and uh and Bill Murray has the receding hairline and they completely switched in the cartoon and it confused and and con- angered me. It it could it confangered yeah. me. Also Did they it. made Egon a blonde. Did it, and did it take Egon. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Time out. Can Maybe. we talk about yes. the fucking hairdo Character. they animated Egon to have? Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. Elvis next like, level yeah. amazing pompadour. No, I think what happened was canonically in Ghostbusters, Egon actually killed and murdered a Cubert that was <laughs> that was yellow. Mm-hmm. And then he he skinned it and turned it into a hat, and that's actually what he's wearing. And then the later, l- later his head was uh, chopped off and used as chief in uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, does this count as our one universe, David? It all counts yeah, as one it universe. Does. <laughs> this does. Okay, <laughs> it's all one universe, baby. It's all one universe. It's all coming together. Just like uh, Venkman and his date. Well, first Slimer ruins uh, Peter's clothes, and Peter mm-hmm. yells at him, gives him a hard time. He has to borrow one of Ray's shirts, so he's wearing a boogaloo outfit when he goes to go pick up Doris. Uh, Doris trips. I just called it a boogaloo outfit. <laughs> <laughs> she, boogaloo? He goes, he goes to pick up Dr. Doris Tibbs at her place, and she is all about going to go to... The Cloisters, which is a museum that's exhibiting unicorn tapestries, but Peter wants to go dancing. I appreciated the New Yorkness of this. That, like, they re- used real locations. They go into the Cloisters, which actually is very appropriate if you're going to look at med- medieval art. And it is a castle. Really? Yes. Yeah, it, it looks the uh, the building they show in the um, is, is like an exaggerated version of the Cloisters. Uh, the Cloisters, I think, I believe was is an old reconstructed monastery. Yeah. Oh, wow. I th- I think in the cartoon, though, that they actually had the exaggerated parts of the castle were actually part of the haunting that happens later on. It transforms. It disappears. It transforms, yeah. Yeah, so the building they show originally looks like the cloisters, and then it transforms into you yeah. know, a haunted castle of some kind. Yep. So anyway, uh, Peter acquiesces, so they're going to go to the cloisters. Act 2... I mean, how would they get a castle to New York? Would they just get like a bunch of helicopters and just fly a castle over from Scotland? Uh, yeah, that's, that they, it... they would bring it above the clouds <laughs> on the tallest building. No, that they way, drop it. Curses will be broken. Uh, they did it. They've done. They did it multiple times during this time period. Particularly, Hearst did it, and they would deconstruct the castles brick by uh, stone by stone, and then reconstruct them in the United States. I mean, have you ever been to the Met? You walk in that motherfucker, and the first thing you see is an Egyptian temple. And you're like, this ain't Stargate, but that's an Egyptian temple. Like, how did it get here? 
No, it so was originally it. there. They built the Met around the temple. Yeah, they found all the Egyptian stuff, and they're like, yeah. oh, this would be Holy great shit, for a museum. Somebody, somebody call went, the ancient aliens guy. When I went to Vegas, I was amazed how they managed to like get the Luxor. They managed to, <laughs> like, to transport the glass uh, pyramid the, all the, the way glass from pyramid. Egypt. It, yeah, the only the, the only States, pyramid yeah. with the big laser on the top, the most yep. important one, the laser mid. That's the, laser the one mid. that they found in, in Vegas. With the, and with that's the, the one they brought the back. Black with them. glass sides. Mm-hmm. It's right out of Stargate. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like it amazed me how they brought that. It, it, don't even start me on the Eiffel Tower and all of New York. Do you think that the ancient aliens are going to come back and they're going to see that pyramid? And to them, it will be like the hum- human equivalent of us pissing in their face. Yeah, I think if the ancient aliens came back and they're like, they're going to see us and they're just going to be disappointed. Like, they're just going to be a, a, a disappointed parent of a teenager and just be like, this this is where you're at. Guys, we set you on the right path years ago. What the mm-hmm. hell are you doing now? What are all these Nukes? square buildings? What's Jesus. the fuck up with this thin square building yeah. you got here? Yeah, we we gave you we gave you fucking obelisks for GPS navigation in the year zero, and then you stopped using triangles. What the hell? You're literally licking each other's buttholes. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, they they travel uh, in you know infinite miles uh, at light speed through space, and then they get the wrong pyramid, and then they're oh right? they're, they're like oh As- no, we got to go all the way to the other side of this planet. As a pilot, I can tell you that happens. Everything's good, and the next thing you know, you're at the wrong airport. Fuck. Nice. Okay, Act Two. We're at the Cloisters. Yeah, I'm. I'm still watching the two minute long ad. Okay. Oh, Mm -hmm. are you seeing the one for for Oregon? Have you seen the Spirit of the Wayand? Yeah. No. The the next time, the next time we watch uh, a, a show. On this particular streaming service, remind me to actually really, really watch it ahead of time because I'm like ten minutes behind you guys because of these two minute ads. It is, we're already forty minutes in, so yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it is interesting. Like, I don't think that the, I saw more ads during watching this show than I would have if I watched it on live TV. On TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but exactly. yeah, it but seems like so much fun. ads. Dude, no, I would have much like rather. Like, there, it would have been like toys you know how many shit. fucking car ads there used to be on TV that was just like a car at a Dutch angle driving up a hill. Yeah, and I don't know what a Dutch angle is, but was it like the whole like Chevy like a rock? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. A, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. a rock. Exactly. Yeah, but with a Dutch accent. Like the, um, Adam, they get to the cloisters. They're talking about. Yep. The cloisters. Yes, they get to the cloisters. The cloisters is just filled with a bunch of hoity-toity types uh, that are kind of uh, rubbing Peter the wrong way. Slimer has also followed Peter there because it looks like Slimer is trying to either get an apology uh, or seeking forgiveness, rather, from Peter Bakeman in some fashion. Slimer is um, voiced by uh, Frank Welker, of course. Of course. Of course. It's the Welkerverse. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. He was dead funny. Don't. <laughs> No one legal, <laughs> legally, no, no one, one can talk for a phone. Uh, no legally, <laughs> whatever. Um, oh God. So Slimer is shooed away, and that's when we are introduced to the tapestries, uh, in which one of the tas- tapestries is Genevieve, 
who is the spitting image of Dr. Doris Tibbs. Now, now when they revealed this tapestry, how disappointed was everyone in this slow pan up that it didn't reveal Vigo the Carpathian? I I uh, was me. about ready for that. Uh, and, I and never this saw is ex- Ghostbusters 2. This is exactly when I was doing the same thing that Derek was talking about earlier, where I was like, did they rip off Ghostbusters 2? Yes. Or did Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> rip this off? And it would have been the latter because the dates line up. Ghostbusters 2 came out in 1989, and this was, what, 1986? Mm, yeah, not to mention the lead so, time that it takes to to make an animated show. Yeah. Uh, it would have been written a year before. Yep. But we're dealing with a very similar situation, because we then pan over to see a tapestry where Sir Bruce is hanging out on his horse, and he comes to life, and because he is taken with Dr. Doris Tibbs similarities to Genevieve. So he comes out of his, his tapestry, picks her up off the ground, and in one swift motion manages to she's all that her by knocking her glasses off and knocking her hair loose. Nice. So she now becomes pretty. Yeah. She, uh, she had a high school gold girl transformation. Exactly. Sir Bruce is actually pretty cool looking. He looks like he stepped right out of the last unicorn. Oh, yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. Peter then challenges Bruce to a fistfight for stealing a state, basically. But as soon as swords get involved, Peter realizes he's outmatched and runs off. And when he gets outside, that's when we see that the Ghostbusters have shown up because they have noticed that the PKG meter was off the charts because of the haunting taking place at the cloisters. Okay, so... So for this to actually happen with the geography of New York, the, the cloisters are at the extreme uh, northwestern tip of Manhattan, literally okay. like above 125th Street. And yeah. the firehouse that is the setting for the Ghostbusters is in the financial district. So they literally, mm. they would have had to start driving there around like pretty much right after like the same time yeah the same time basically that they left on their date because i think they he meets his date it's around midtown they kind of make it clear that they're in that area and then they go up to close cloisters so they would basically have to leave right after he left for his date but they did they apparently made it so Mm -hmm. unless there's like some sort of weird uh, teleporting aspect to it because um Peter did shoo off Slimer, so Slimer could have been like, hey, the shit's going on, ran back to the Ghostbusters, managed to get their attention, and somehow managed to, like, expedite their movement through the city. So, wait, wait, wait. You would have us believe that Slimer can travel faster than the speed of light? No, Slimer can travel faster faster than the speed of traffic in (laughs) New York. That's not that's, that, which I'm yeah. thinking somebody that could walk can probably do the same thing. That's, that's not that hard. <laughs> that's unbelievable. 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 Mm-hmm. At, at the end of this act, though, we see that Doris is being doted upon by Sir Bruce. Mm-hmm. This is when we then get uh, the cut to Act Three. In Act Three, where we we learn about the uh, all the bad stuff that's going on, we learn that Doris is slowly turning into Genevieve. Yeah. Uh, Ray mentions, I think he said in 1946 in Peru. 
Yes. Something similar happened where a victim became trapped in a painting because of the same situation. Egon informs Peter that in order to stop the Bruce, uh, they basically have to have him outside in the sunlight because their haunting is directly related to a curse that Merlin put on them that made them part of the tapestries. So they have to have them outside during sunrise before they can actually use their proton packs and their traps to trap, to, as Egon says it, stuff uh, Bruce, Sir Bruce into a trap. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's science. That's science. Science they, fact. Science factuals. Um, and I liked the... I, I Actually, I think that this episode did a pretty good job with, like, continuity and transitions over time. So, like, we slowly see uh, Doris Tibbs become more and more like Guinevere over a series of like every time we see her in the shot she's like a little bit more acting they put the part until she's finally like wearing the clothes um so like they 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 overall very good continuity control in uh in this show yeah i I agree with you i think this is actually very well written in that regard like they're they're good at at showing us what's happening uh, yes so yes and gradual processes which is our hard 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 to show um, so also during, at the beginning of Act 3, this is when Sir Bruce has given orders to his men that have also pop- popped out of the tapestries to awaken everybody in the museum. And they started using some sort of nondescript magic, essentially, to then create a night at the museum. Mm-hmm. Ghostbuster mm-hmm. style. They night in the museum it. That's right. They, oh, they, they have a little, they have a Benton Stiller in their pocket. And they rub him on all the tapestries. <laughs> they rub him uh, off on all the tapestries. And yeah. when, a, when a little bit of angry comedy squirts out, that makes the tapestry come alive. That's right. That's right. But it's not just tapestries. It's also the statuary and uh, other pieces of art that are actually set up in the cloisters. Would it be called Stiller Juice? I think it's called Stillergy. Stillergy, yes. Stillergy. Stillergy. It is the uh, energy created by the release of comedy juice. Stillergy. Stillergy. Act four, infiltration. So they decide to infiltrate the cloisters again, the Ghostbusters do, that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slimer is with them, and he gets distracted by a feast, a buffet, if you would, taking place. Um... This is when Ray accidentally splits the party by staying behind to try to grab Slimer, and then Winston goes back to get Ray. These guys Egon would never and... make it in D&D. They would not. No. Um, no. Peter and Egon uh, go on to go find uh, Genevieve. Slimer accidentally gets Ray found out, and again, D&D, Ray completely botches his deception check by trying to tell the rest of the ghosts that he is actually a knight from one of the more recent paintings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they told him it's no dice. <laughs> one full minute. What? One oh, full boy. minute, exactly. I heard, I heard someone laugh, so I win. Uh, in the chaos that ensues from this, Peter and, and Egon managed to actually abduct uh, Doris Beef. And, tips. Uh, 
uh, Genevieve Tibbs. Uh, Je- Tibbs. Oh, just the Genevieve Tibbs. Tibbs. Just the Tibbs. Mm, yes. They managed to get just the Tibbs out. And they essentially abduct her and run off with her while she is protesting because at this point in time, she's basically gone full Genevieve. Yeah. This joke works because um, we're spelling just with a G. There we go. Yeah. Gust, Gust yeah. the Tibbs. Gust. Gust. Yeah. Gust. Mm. Gust the Tibbs. Um, in the chase that ensues, the Bruce actually winds up going after Ray and Winston, and they essentially wind up um, getting... They run into a unicorn room filled with... It's just basically just a room full of unicorns. They then mount the unicorns and then run out. I bet they got horny. Yeah, you don't want to keep your unicorns in a room. You want to keep them in a pit over like a trap door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or chained up right next to a big pool of lava. Yes, yes. So when you remove the horn, you can just throw it in the lava. And then Tim Curry will have weird horse leg sex or cunningly disguised Hmm. as a real horse that's pretending to be a unicorn and said sold to a second rate traveling show exactly with a narwhal horn attached to it yes um narwhal narwhal are these pegahorn pegacorns uh these are not pegacorns because they do not fly they don't have wings. They do seem to have wings. They, have they these, do have wings. Yeah, they have these big oh, they spiky. Well, they, but okay. everything yes. on them is no. like uh, spiky-ish. I thought it was just spiky hair, also, basically, that was coming They off. also yeah. have droopy horns, too. Yeah, yeah their they, horns are kind of like, they kind of got like Priapus horns. They Their horns so. look like um, heirloom carrots. Look, look, guys, just yeah, look, let's just let's just wing it and keep on going. I don't think they're wings. One full minute. Yeah, timer starts now. I'll let you know when you can talk again. <laughs> start, start throwing in some uh, duck puns. Then maybe we'll get there. Oh, God, that's what we should do. Every time Mike tells one of these jokes, he needs a timeout. Oh, yeah, you could just bill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, nice. no. Now it sounds like we're laughing nice. with that. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm yep. way better at duck puns. <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the ducking king. <laughs> just, Nice. Just keep just keep egging me on. Uh, just just go on. Kidding it's Duxley eggs. <laughs> <laughs> really, this show could be about any bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Ray and Winston essentially uh drive their unicorns out of the cloisters and Bruce, uh Sir Bruce and his men chase after them. Uh, this is when the unicorns essentially turn around and start fighting back, and then the Bruce notices that it's almost sunrise, mm-hmm. and he uh, basically has all of his men, men retreat back to the castle because, for some reason, he knows himself also his own limitations, and that if he was caught outside in the sun, it would be easier for the Ghostbusters to catch him. And all so. the Ghostbusters try to zap him with their zappers, and he just sh- shrugs it off. Yep, rolls right through the door. This takes us to Act 5, where Peter basically says, where Egon says, oh no, they're inside. Uh, We're not going to be able to stop them now. And Peter basically just says, all you need me to do is get him out into the sun, right? And Egon says, yes. We then cut to Sir Bruce backing and cowering uh, out of the cloisters as Peter... uh, basically is bearing down on him in one of the shittiest Merlin costumes you can ever find. 
It is basically just yeah. scaring the Bruce to get him out of the cloisters. Uh, the Ghostbusters then trap the, bur- the Bruce using their patented hit him with the ray gun and throw a trap underneath him thing. And then everything reverts mm-hmm. back to normal. The, the castle fades away. All of the awakened pieces of art go back to being dormant, go back to the places where they were awoken from and go back to being dormant. And Dr. Tibbs reverts from Genevieve back to Dr. Tibbs. And this is when uh, Ray and Peter ask her if she knows who she is. And she says, yes, I'm Dr. Dolores Tibbs or Dr. Doris Tibbs. And we just saw the Genevieve exhibit. I want to go back and look at the tapestry again. And then wah, 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 end of episode. Yeah. They, we do a wacky freeze frame as they all try to stop her. Freeze frame. That's the episode. Thin. What did you think, guys? What did you think? I, I think, uh, honestly, I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I, I did too. I thought good. it was very good looking. Mm-hmm. Animation quality was really good. Writing was mm-hmm. well. The so the, the animation the was good plotting, for the time. I should say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this wasn't even one of their best episodes. Yeah, it wasn't one of their best yeah. episodes, but it, it it was definitely a story that you could follow very easily. It had very good pacing that actually filled up the yeah. entire episode with like like a good moving story. There wasn't any spots where we like were just sitting staring at the back of Witch of the World Watcher's head or wondering yep. why the fuck they tried to cram fifty minutes worth of dialogue into like two minutes worth of the show. It was very well put together. They juggled m- multiple points of view. They had things happening simultaneously and uh, different points of view affecting each other uh, when the party splits up. And into what Derek was talking about earlier, I could totally see this inspiring Ghostbusters 2. I could see people watching this being like, you know what? Yeah. You know what would be cool is if Sir Bruce was a magician that was trapped in the painting and was trying to get out of the painting. Yeah, yes, they Derek, even have, Derek. like, the weaselly uh, human guy that's, like, trying to get the girl. Yeah, they have the docent, the weaselly docent, yeah. Uh-huh. From an art perspective, did you notice that it seemed like the opening was a higher art quality than the episode? Or was that just me? No, that was, yeah, that's well, pretty common. That's kind of standard. Yeah, that's, that's okay, cartoons. because I thought yeah. the opening was... Okay, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I wasn't sure. And the only reason I'm asking Matt is because he's the artist in the group. Is to me the opening, like the opening credits and song and intro or whatever, looked extremely high quality. And yes. then when they went to the the opening scene where you see uh, Ecto One like ripping around that corner to get Venkman to his date, I was like, oh, that's a little lesser quality. But there was still a bunch of other scenes in there. I, you know, what I thought was really, really well done. And maybe I'm just an idiot, but, um. They're proton packs, like the yeah, the yeah. electricity coming out of yeah. them. I thought that looked really good. Well, also, like, the de- the detail of their equipment, too, was actually still pretty well retained, despite the yeah. fact that it wasn't quite yeah. as high-quality animation. So, And uh, I actually really liked the effect they used on the tapestries. I thought they looked, like, mm-hmm. pretty good and like art tapestries uh, instead of, like... Um, yeah, they looked sewn. Know. 
instead of like yeah, a matte painting in the background, it was actually like it looked like they tried to give it some sort of texture, some sort of like yeah difference and a lot of detail. That. They did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I do have one was, nitpick. We're still talking about the tapestry. One nitpick. The tapestry. Uh, my nitpick with the show is in the original in the original movie or the original two movies, uh, they wear tan military flight suits, mm. and in the episode yeah. they had different colors. Yeah, they well, so they like can tell them apart. And gray and blue. Yeah, yeah. Even in the all-female Ghostbusters reboot, they played homage homage to the the tan flight suits, and in uh, hopefully the new one they do it too. But yeah, like that was always a very very well used costume in military aviation because all you had to do is take your tan flight suit and then get like a Venkman patch or a Winston or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just mm-hmm. get the Ghostbusters patches and you're like, oh hey, look, I'm a Ghostbuster. Yep. It's so easy to cosplay. You know, it's the same reason cosplay. they made up their hair in different colors. It's, yes. is in yeah, cartoons, yeah. it's easier to differentiate them. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Easier to tell Oh, apart. yeah, that's true. N- not, their, yeah. not their hairstyles. You don't have the detail of real human faces. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yep, they all have different colored hair. That's cool. Whatever, man. The Ghostbusters are fun. I love the Ghostbusters. Well, you know, I actually remember... Uh, I used to play the Ghostbusters video game on the original Nintendo. Nice. Ah. So ah. there was there was another yeah. Ghostbusters video game when I looked up that Dave Coulier fact mm-hmm. that came out, and I don't know what it was, but they had the original cast do the voices for it. So, like, Harold Ramis was there, um, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and, oh, God damn it, Eddie, uh, no, not no, Hudson. Ernie. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Michael, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Michael yeah. Winslow. Michael Winslow, yeah. Who is who is not an unfamous actor. Like, that's the thing that's crazy when you're like, who played the black guy in Ghostbusters? I'm like, I know. Like, yeah, he's yeah. he's done he's a bunch of shit. But Ernie Hudson. Yeah. It's true. Well, the Ghostbusters was like his big break. I think that was the first big thing that he did. As far as that casting goes, there was some uh, negativity associated with that because... Essentially, they promised him a certain wage, and then they cut his salary after he signed on, uh, because originally they were trying to have Eddie Murphy in that role. So they had a budget specifically for that role for Eddie Murphy, but Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, I'm sorry, uh, Bill Murray and uh, Dan Aykroyd weren't able to convince him because they were all uh, on Saturday Night Live together. And when they couldn't get Eddie Murphy, essentially Ernie Hudson was their second stringer. And then when he came on, they basically cut his salary. They slashed it. And it was, again, it was like white Hollywood penalizing the black guy. So I had totally forgotten Ernie Hudson was the black dude in Congo, the film adaptation mm, yep, of Michael Crichton yep, book. Yep, and man. like, yeah, for some reason I thought it was Keith David, but no, it was Ernie Hudson. Oh, cool, man. Dude, he's been in a bunch of shit. Yeah. He was in The Crow. He was in Oz for freaking six years. Uh, he was in Airheads. I don't remember him in that. Hmm. He probably like played like the, the police chief, maybe. Pardon me. Police chief. Cool. Yeah, he, he, seems, he seems to have played a lot of kind of authority figures. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. in movies. Oh, he'll be in the new Ghostbusters. Sorry about mm-hmm. a little minor spoiler, but it's on Wikipedia. Yep, shit's out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I haven't. Is that out already? The uh... no Ghostbusters it's, revival it's coming up. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, it will be released November 19th. 
I guess there was a, there was an advanced screening on August 23rd of this year. Yes. Yeah. So it comes out today. <laughs> oh shit! It is fuck, Matt. Yeah, we I've lost complete it. track of time since right. having a kid. I'm just like, oh yeah, it's a fucking yeah, no, yeah. It doesn't matter. Don't dark worry about out. it. Must be night. Yeah. Um. My, oh man, I want to. You're you're doing it right, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just trying. have to accept the We're fact that the best we can you're going to be no, you're doing sleep so deprived good. and stinky for a while. Oh, um, okay. what what you're going to sleep gonna... deprived is. Stinky, not really. Like, no. There's a lot well, of human good. shit in my life now. Tons. No, Derek, Way actually, this is the, actually the most poignant thing that you need to know about having a little human I'm child. So excited. Is you will finally break away for like a moment and go outside and you'll be in your car and or doing something completely normal. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you'll just be sitting there and you go, <sighs> I smell shit i smell poop and you'll you'll touch your hands because is it on my hands was it when i like clean the diaper is it on my nose is it stuck somewhere you will smell baby poop and you will not know where it is and why it's stuck in your nose it could be in your nose you have no idea because baby shit gets everywhere and it's ghost it, poop. it could be it, it could be on your shirt but you'll be in your car you'll be walking down the street you'll just smell baby shit and it's probably in like, your brain it, it happens okay i swear to god but it's okay i was i was minorly mortified at the pediatrician yesterday morning when i knew she had pooped and i was going to change her before giving her like the naked way in um, <laughs> and when i took the diaper off it was just like the fucking like yeah like nagasaki of baby poops yeah and it was just everywhere and then she peed on the back of her own head (laughs) figure out the logistics with that i i've never had the blowout and then the the nurse the nurse next to me is like it's okay and i'm like i'm a very clean person i'm a very ocd like i like they've seen it all very specific and she's like, okay, and there's like poop coming out the butthole, and I'm just like scrambling to get all the fucking diapers, and so I've got a, a mug of coffee. Adam, you know, in Seattle, you definitely have seen them. the Zoji Rushis, the ones like you hit the button and it like snaps open. Mm-hmm. It's like the tall, skinny Japanese mugs or whatever. So I had one of those oh, yeah. jammed in like yeah, the yeah. back pocket of my shorts, and I'm like, like taking a drink, slapping it closed, putting it back, and they, they were all laughing at me. I thought I did pretty good, though. Yeah, you did good, we buddy. Cleaned up. David, what what is our next segment? So, so the Ghostbusters Nintendo game. You, uh... it was like the ET Atari game. It was mm-hmm. destined to be buried in the middle of a desert somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the David, splash screen where, uh, where it had like a Ghostbusters logo, and then all the lights in the house would dim as the Nintendo drew electricity out of the main power line to make this eight bit system speak the word Ghostbusters in a human voice. <laughs> I remember. No. The, uh, I rem- That's amazing, though. Okay, I remember. Is that, that one of the Stooges uh, Nintendo game? Look up the Three Stooges Nintendo game. Um, the oh. opening. It starts off with the Ghostbusters, and then the Three Stooges what? walk in and say, "That's not right," or they say something like along the lines of, "What is this?" And then they start doing the slapstick. Was that was that one of, was that one of the few situations in which the original Nintendo system used essentially you know MIDI technology to speak a human word? Yes, yeah, it's the only one I can remember where they actually like use like words 
instead of just sound effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It goes Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up on YouTube like just... right now. It definitely does say that, but it's like it's like a demon. Yeah, it's it's computer game voice. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really it's bad. Zool. No, it's it sounds like it's one of the Ghostbusters saying Ghostbusters, but it's so like choppy and like digitized just for the fact that they're trying to basically create a human voice from random sounds you can make mm-hmm. with a Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is early Welkerverse technology. It is early <laughs> Welkerverse technology. You're right. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. 128%. Yeah. Because you, when you raise your kid at 128% gravity, mm-hmm. come out strong. They become Kakarot. I'm sorry, Vegeta. Did you did you find the NES Ghostbusters awful voice for twelve hours? You oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Nice. Good. It is twelve That's hours amazing. of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Nice. Wow. Well, I don't remember any Nintendo fucking game having. I, I like dropped uh, I dropped the link in uh, the Google Meet chat. Just remember that the volume is really kicked up. <laughs> okay. Nice. I don't think there was any volume control on that. It was just... Um, so, uh, back to what right, we were talking about we getting on to whether well. we'd let our kids... Um, actually, I was just going to say, Mike, what did you think of this game? Because we didn't get your opinion show. on this yet. I'm sorry. The show. Uh, the <laughs> game. I, I, I didn't. I didn't play it very much. Would you Would you let your kids play this game, Mike? Based on this show, I, I would, I would, uh, I would not let my kids watch this game being played on a YouTube channel. <laughs> what, what did you think about the show, though? Did you did you like the, this episode? Oh, um, this was on Hulu earlier, and I watched it with my kids like the whole first season, and they got nice. bored. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were very bored by it, and I was like just sitting there crying turning to dust and crying and i'm like what are you talking about it is the same thing with the ducktales i'm like you kids need to sit here and watch it this is the story of my people so this, re- this really is when you you tape their eyelids open clockwork orange style and force them to watch mm-hmm. strap them to a chair uh yeah or something like that it just it just it hurt me um, fundamentally to see them so disinterested. And even then I'd look back and I'm like, this is not ADHD enough to hold my attention now. So I, I wonder how bad the late nineties and early two thousands got to make me think that nineties cartoons were boring. Yeah. I think it was the advent of a lot of computer animation. Yeah. Oh, the there was a lust for the switch yeah, from I mean, cell dude, animation dude, to CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember I remember when I was in it must have been ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I would I would come home earlier than you know, than anybody else would be home. Or I'd I'd I six AM remember the time of day. But I would watch the Transformers where they were like the Dinobots. And they would change into the dinosaurs, and so you had cell animation, and then they'd change so into cool. the dinos, and they'd go fight. And I remember as a kid just being entertained by it because I'm like, "Oh, this is cool, whatever." Dinos, dinosaurs, fighting. fucking awesome. 
But like, kind of looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was really cheap shit animation. And I would much rather watch some of the like the anime rebranded as American cartoons of the '80s or the super gorgeous, you know, X Men, Spider Man, like shows that happened in the mid '90s on like Fox early morning cartoons, or even let me see if I can remember it. But there was like a, a song where it was like the CBS morning cartoons, and it was like. They they sang through the cartoons that you would watch. So you'd sit there eating your, like, kicks or whatever, and, like, they'd be like, Saturday morning cartoons, and they'd be like, you know, Danger Dog, whatever. <gasps> oh, my God. Like, I remember. A lot of those stuff. Yes. Do, do you kind of remember the song? Yeah, I'm no, trying to remember how it went. I don't remember, but and I remember the- a the, lot the, of that animation was great. And a bunch of the Nickelodeon animation was very good, too. Very stylized, very different than some of the anime and, like, action stuff. But, dude, you had, like- you had Ren and Stimpy, which is what, you know, like completely in a league of its own. But then you had like yeah, Doug, and then you shows. had Rugrats, and you had yeah. all yeah, like those Dr. shows, Cats. which were fucking great as well. And I just think the late 90s went away from, they tried to get too computer, and they went away from kind of the, I don't know. Like those earlier cartoons just had an it to it. Like I remember as a kid watching Doug all the time. Patty and the beats like I need more allowance you to me. like that was my kid my childhood man it was awesome nice. uh that probably brings us to our next segment David uh why Whoa. uh cell animation sucks no I'm just kidding <laughs> Derek would you would you let your non-theoretical child watch this <laughs> yeah no so this is the first one where it's uh no I absolutely would like I would have I, I pretty much was holding her while I watched it so even though she's uh, all of like forty six yeah, days older, or whatever when the she's fuck? like whatever. Older. Yeah, we'll just start early. Like uh, I think we're gonna go right on to uh, Berserk next. So we're just gonna <laughs> just go to level eleven. Oh boy, to start with. No, no, no. I I thought it I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. Um, I liked the animation style. I remember. I couldn't remember the show if I had watched it before I started watching it this afternoon. Uh, and the thing that reminded me almost instantaneously that I had seen the show as a child was the ghost from the Ghostbusters logo walking down the street and then like doing like the yeah. juke <laughs> around the trash cans and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. shit. I remember this. Um, and I remember enjoying it as a kid. I thought the voice actors did well for their characters. I thought Dave Couillet sounded somewhat Bill Murray ish. Um, and that, yeah. I, I just thought it was, it was good. It was fun. It was fast paced. It was, it was, it was a good adventure. It's it's the PG thirteen summer blockbuster. Great adventure. Everybody needs to watch it. Awesome. Thumbs up. I do have to say that at at the end of at the end of the uh, the fourth act, when when everybody's looking at the cloisters from the outside, when Egon stands up and it starts playing, starts the um, Ghostbusters theme, where it has like the spooky sound effect going on. I I actually felt like a little amped up at that. I was like, yeah, we're getting into it now. They did yeah. a really good job with the music. Well, I and, mean, like, the timing of the music in this as well. But the the Ghostbusters songs are catchy as fuck. Yeah, like even the main theme is just it's it's essentially a guitar solo, like it's a rhythm guitar, like the whole like with, j- with j- like, j- with like synth in the background. It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's designed to amp you the fuck up, and you're like, yes. Ghostbusters, and you're just like, 
I'm afraid of no ghosts. Like it, the whole way that that's presented is just so good. And I think that's why the Ghostbusters movie has remained a fan favorite for 40 years, and the franchise yeah, yeah. continues to just be strong. You it know, w- it wasn't boorish like just, at all. <laughs> I knew you were coming in with one of your jokes. Like, I knew it. That's like, why you I, kept I on stepping it. over me. It's okay. And I, I was deser- just like, I I'm just going to keep it. squashing him like <laughs> just, a fucking just, bug. Just keep on talking. Gonna, he's going to say it's something a, fucking dumb. It's okay. Yeah. No, I I loved this show as a kid, and I I would totally watch. Co- if you guys want to come over tomorrow morning, we can eat kicks and just binge like six hours of this. <laughs> uh, I, want, I want cinnamon I, life. <laughs> I got I to gotta go to Weiss and get like a Okay, we can get life too. Life is yeah. good. Kicks. Mikey Maybe. likes. Yeah. Maybe we can get Captain Crunch. We can all just sh- shred the insides of our mouths. God, oh my God. <laughs> <Crunch and berries. laughs> the friggin' you may as well open sores that you just have in your mouth. Oh. Oh, you, you have to wait so long for it to soften up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pour it in milk. It retains I like, its crunch. I like... Yeah, it retains its crunch till Tuesday, motherfucker. <laughs> It's because they have silica in it or something crazy. There's lava rocks. So what was this guy? Uh, so I'll wait for Matt to come back. I'm back. I'll float a question here. All right. So Matt, answer the question. Mm-hmm. Let's all pretend, because I was just joking about coming over to my house and watching six hours of Ghostbusters tomorrow. Let's pretend we all live next to each other and you guys could do that. Oh. If we were doing that, what would my shopping list for the cereal <laughs> that we would consume be? Everybody gets to pick their favorite. Go. Oh. I would make an excuse and say, uh, sorry, I have church tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, nobody cares. All right, the remaining three. I, I, I would go with uh, oh. my personal favorite, Count Chocula. Mm, That's my yeah. jam. Ooh. Uh, either Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, eat, and dr- mm. you eat them dry. You don't put milk on them. Um, or uh, I corn, agree with that. Corn Puffs. Like corn pops. Ooh, like the... Uh, yeah, corn pops. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. Cocoa Pebbles. That's a good one. Oh, good Pebbles one, Mike. Good yeah. As a kid, it probably would have been Lucky Charms. But the adult me. As an adult, it's Weetabix. David, you can... Well, I would eat all the cereal parts first and then like have all the marshmallow parts... Yeah, it's like spoonfuls of soggy marshmallows. You are a man of taste. But no, as an adult, that I I can't take that much sugar once anymore. It's because when you were a kid, you were eating at expert level. So as a kid, you were like Frosted Lucky Charms, and as an adult, generic, low cost Frosted Lucky Charms. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So what's your what's your adult one, David? I I, I might try getting like just the. The, the normal Captain Crunch and waiting for the waiting for it to soften nice. up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think so, so I would have to go allowing it to ripen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's just like any good fruit. Uh, I think I would have to go with either. I think my pinnacle, my like tier one cereal is mm-hmm. cinnamon toast crunch. Wow, got to oh go God. with that. I still eat that. I think I think tier two would be fruity pebbles. Mm. Another classic, another good one. And then so honey sweet. smacks. Ooh, honey smacks were good. I think those right. are yeah. that was yeah. over my Honey Honey Smacks. House. I dude, I bought a box of honey smacks maybe about four months ago. 
and it took me a hot minute to get through it because it is hellaciously sweet. But boy, mm-hmm. like one like one half bowl as an adult, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Any more oh, than the, that, you're the, like, this is way too much sugar. The milk leftover was hurt? like it, the the milk leftover was like honey. You yeah. would like drink it, yeah. but it was like thick. The the child in me wants cocoa krispies, but the adult in me wants to take blue mountain beans into my foreskin and just smash them <laughs> with a hammer into oblivion. With a ball peen hammer. Talking about <laughs> Derek, you've oh, missed no, so much. You missed the you blue missed mountain so... peen hole. You were there <laughs> for that. The blue mountain <laughs> beans. That's blue mountain beans, man. To, to be fair, I had to listen to it again to remember it. <laughs> this is the wow. This is our bread you don't and remember butter blue... and milk and cereal. Well, the, the Blue Mountain Bean. Derek, hole. yeah, Derek. We discovered Sorry. the best way to, to drink coffee is the most direct way, where you cram it up your urethra, the beans. smash your <laughs> smash your dick with a hammer. Yeah, and then just absorb cram the absorb whole bean the, up there. You absorb <laughs> the, the beanie juice. goodness. Yes. Yeah. But, but like first, you have to pick it up with your absorbent than your. No, no, you have to pick up the bees with your pretty pencil. <laughs> well, how you smash skin, that with a hammer? Skin, yeah, and then exactly. you smash it with a Think. hammer. <laughs> Think you stupid! <laughs> no, you just you squat down and pick it up. <laughs> Think, big fly. Think. Um, I'm yeah. glad that this this podcast and its goddamn fucking Herculean calculus. <laughs> That we give to David every week has not changed in my absence, and that David's like now. Now I've got to figure out how to fucking edit in the fact that Derek is talking about doing deep squats and using your own sphincter to pick up coffee beans off the ground, so that you can then flex your ass cheeks and crush them in your anus to get direct caffeine absorption. That, that or you get a very nice in. woman to to uh, uh, tap on your grundle I with a ball peen so hammer. I am so fucking happy to be back. <laughs> I love this. I missed this with, for with like six weeks. The prehensile penis that picks up the beans like an nobody, elephant. Mike, nobody has a prehensile penis. Do you have a prehensile penis? Mike does. Just well, the foreskin. The Mike has a prehensile foreskin, yeah. That's the whole yeah. point. Wow, is, Mike, is, you can you can maneuver your dick skin around to grab um, objects. Yep. Doesn't everybody that is yeah, uncircumcised? I, yeah. It really, it really works like a Venus flytrap where it lures the bean, beans in and they fall into the sticky center. Oh, my God. And it just closes. <laughs> <and that's> it. <laughs> that is an amazing joke, Matt. You win joke of the week. So just so I could theoretically edit this in where it was supposed to be. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> would you let your child watch this show? Yeah, I would. I I would let her. Women don't cut them off too great, but they're also not terrible. She at least has speaking parts and seems to be interesting until she is a maiden to be rescued. And then overall, the plot is pretty good. Characters are fun. I would. It doesn't pass okay. the Bechtel test. No, not at all. I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? The arena of judgment where our cartoon gladiators ask, Were you not entertained? So should we keep this on the list? I would go with yes. I would keep this on the list. I would... I don't know. It's not amazingly terrible, but I'm not sure it's amazing. Yeah, definitely not this episode. I feel like we have to keep going until we get 
We need to get to the uh, the Christmas episode. But it's clearly qual- oh, it's clearly quality. Like I, I think we should keep it on the list. There's more here. Where they they clearly plagiarize on the Christmas story. I do like in the overall episode. <laughs> I do like the overall episode where they infer that this is always happening to uh, Venkman's dates. That like he's oh, yeah. like constantly yeah. dating women well, who I mean, get it, trapped it did, in it paintings. It did happen to Dana. Like it happened to Dana, she became Zul, and then she, her child got abducted by a painting. So it has. So it, I think yes, it is kind of canonical. He just has sense. like chronically bad choice in women. It, it's two data points, so that's got to be a trend. Yeah, it, it, yeah two two data. Well, points it's three data points. Uh, well, happened really? twice to one and once to the other. Yeah. Do you get a data point every every yeah. time you have sex with the Brent Spiner? No, you get you get a data <laughs> point every time you. Have a blue mountain bean hole. We put a blue mountain bean in your bean hole. That's a data point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think this is kind of interesting mm-hmm. though. Th- talking about the canon between the cartoon and the the movies, because we, we get Slimer as a lovable sidekick here, and this cartoon is what led to the rise of Slimer being such a prominent and um, popular character from our childhood. To the point where, like, right? Because in were... the first in the first movie, he's really he's frightening, and yeah, is in it briefly. Well, yeah, he's in it briefly. He's the first ghost that they they essentially bust. Yeah, the the first movie is the one that, like, yes, Your Honor, this man has no dick. Right? Yeah, yes. that's the first movie. Yeah, yeah. So that that's where they're chasing Slimer through like the the Waldorf library story or no, through, no, for the through the yeah, through the, the Waldorf. It wasn't a library. The librarian they uh, have a ghost later. librarian. They see. Initially, yeah, it was, it was but they a don't fancy bust hotel. her. Yeah, I, yeah. Slimer's the first one they bust in the fancy hotel, and he's he was supposed to be the ghost yeah. of a gluttonous man who was just trying to who was just hungry and was trying to eat all the time, and food was just falling. Oh my god! Him. I want to like compare it now to the Monty Python skit. <laughs> the fat guy eats himself to explode. Oh, you think that's it's the a, ghost of it's that guy? It's a powerful thin mint. Sure, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, um, but no, in, in in the second movie, which came out after the cartoon, they actually created a little bit of a scene with uh, Slimer because he was the bus driver that picked up Rick Moranis' oh. character yeah. to take him to the museum when he decided to become a Ghostbuster. And that's when it was like, oh, there's a cute oh. little side scene with Slimer here. But... He, the it, almost the entire character of Slimer was developed in this cartoon, and this is what led to the Slimer, like cool drink, the Kool Aid Slimers, or whatever those were, the Slimer. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Slimer was unable to speak English. He's yeah. essentially a dog. <laughs> yeah, in order to make him a good sidekick, they basically took away his means of protest. Because think about yeah. it from Slimer's perspective. How terrifying would it be to be around the Ghostbusters all the time, to be like tethered to their HQ, when you know mm. every other ghost is inside of a hellscape pocket dimension right? that they created in their basement. Yeah, and he, they have essentially adopted yeah. you as some sort of forced labor pet. Yeah. And yeah, you were their minstrel show. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, aren't ghosts afraid of being trapped in the world of the living the same way we're afraid of being trapped in the world of the dead? 
You would think so. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like you don't go to the afterlife. You're a ghost. You're stuck in the world of living. Um, the initial scene has Ray going around the corner with just a total heater hanging from his lips. Like not even like oh, clamped yeah. down yeah. like he's smoking it, but yeah, like no. the whole like truck yeah. driver honk. <laughs> yeah, amazing. yeah. I love how in this in this movie they wear these flight suits in a complete non-professional manner. Like they're just like they're like levels of unzip and like their t-shirts are all fucked up. And yeah. It's it's so good. I like these well, that's, that's exactly what you think. That's, that's kind of the point though. Like this is this kind of goes into yeah. some of the ethos of the movie itself. This is kind of like a They don't fly. Um, a libertarian conservative wet dream. You have this privatized. <laughs> you essentially have this. What are we this wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. The most sloppy. Republican member of this. But, but group now? these you, these are basically Mike. a. These are a privatized, specialized security force, essentially acting as police in the city of New York. They're working class stiffs that are doing this, so they obviously don't really have the professionalism attached to everything else. Despite the fact that they're also all doctors, and they've been studying the paranormal academically. For years until they get yeah. to this point, and they basically yeah, have I thought they no were at legal Columbia system. University. They were. They were at Columbia. So are you they saying got kicked out of Columbia a... University? So, and they, are they essentially created they created a system in order to uh, detain unlawfully another entity, and when the government tries to step in, they shut the government Holy down. Holy fuck! Essentially. Adam. Yeah, they're able to you basically are, continue practicing on you their are own. Drinking so. your wife's Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah. I mean, is, in, in, I in a, Karl Marx in a, in a in, truly in, in a truly equitable world, uh, the ghost busting services was would be assumed by the state, like the police yep. force or the fire department. They'd and, get federal funding. Uh, it would not be run for profit. You know, it, it would be it a would public be in multiple service. Cities. And yeah. This is the part that got me. Is in here they were talking about how these paintings were rolled up and kept covered, except for at night. So that created this particular behavior for that haunting. But in Peru, there was also a haunting in 1946 where somebody else jumped into the painting. At this point in time, I was like, "Well, do why you is there why? not an agency?" Well, yeah, it was a Nazi painting. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly where I was going. In an but, ideal, in a, an ideal world, there would be equitable sharing. David's and, like, God damn it! There is so much nonsense I have to cut. Out <laughs> Thank you, alcohol. Ghosts, ghosts, and humans could live together <laughs> in harmony if it weren't for vigilante actions or the the usurping of the state. Or what the fuck are you if, talking about? If it, if it hey, has I been say deemed too. Go, it, yeah, it, exactly. I could okay. say nonsense so, too. Like ghosts so, and humans can a house ghost. He is. He's a house ghost. He was trying to get those shirts as, as, as a gift for clothes. <laughs> yeah. What, what he, I was he, thinking was when when they were talking about the paintings, I was like, why don't the Ghostbusters actually like branch out? They hire a few new people. They they basically start like a customs agency where they work alongside customs so that when antiquities come into the u.s they can scan yeah. them for ghosts and zap ghosts right away like there's yeah. there's other levels here where they could have actually been incorporating practices to try to stop hauntings before they happened
So, Derek, t- take a look at the list and think of what changes you might want to make. Ooh, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. This is the yes. redemption. Oh. Back. Sh- this time of the time, time for redemption. Uh, redemption. 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 Hey, so what was – I know when we were out in Oregon, um, uh-huh. I had suggested a couple changes. Yes. Do you guys remember uh, – I think we no, got what one. I, I think we had actually went through. to the list. What was the one? Oh man, there was there was one uh, specific episode Legend of, of Prince something. Valiant. Yeah. Yes, the Legend that of Prince Valiant. Of that specific episode, because that episode shows a death with blood in the episode, and that was used to essentially do an anti-violence, anti-gun kind of PSA afterwards. And so I would like to watch that because I want to see. Is it as shocking nowadays as it would have been back in the early '90s, late '80s, like well, to the viewers? It looks like it was um, already added to the list. So, so take a look and see if you want to. Add okay, great. Else. So, I would suggest all the Spider-Mans that were removed. Don't listen to them. No, <laughs> no, no, because I don't want to review another fucking Marvel episode against you, Jesus. Oh, well, that too bad. It's miserable. Next, our next recording session is another Marvel episode. <laughs> but I'm not presenting. I don't think there's anything that I see explicitly that I want to elevate. Well, do you want to take something off? Or also? you can yeah, remove Yeah, you can also remu- remove. Remo- May I suggest... Hey, there's a bunch of Marvel stuff on the list. Yeah, there's a bunch of mm-hmm. Spider-Mens you can take down. Hold on, let me just... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it all looks good to me, David. No big deal. So you don't want to change anything? Can I get his votes? I'll change stuff. No, <laughs> absolutely not. My votes, my votes go into a later date. Let's lock in that exact episode of uh, Prince Valiant then. I, I would say if, if, if I'm going to vote on anything, I want to vote on that very specific one because I saw that on Reddit. And I want I want to watch that, and then we can we can talk about it. So if we if we get Prince Valiant, we have to watch that episode. Yeah, correct. So what's your second choice, Derek? Hmm. <laughs> Jeez, can we remove a Spider Man? I'd say if we're going to remove anything, let's remove Spider Man, the new animated series in two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, good choice. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Split decisions, where new victims are decided as we randomly assign a future episode. Tell me, what is Index 311? Ooh. 311. Ooh, I love it. This is my favorite. Amber is the color of my energy. <laughs> uh, it doesn't exist. Pirates of... Well, nope. do we go one over or one under? We go over. one over. One over. Go up. Oh, Plastic, Plastic Man, Adventure. Man Adventures. What the fuck is that? It was so close to Pirates of Dark Water. It's literally so 313. Close. It could have been Pirates of Dark Water. Oh, Jesus. It's teasing us. Yeah, it is. Oh, just I know. It's just Man like lightly <laughs> dragging its dick Plastic over Man is your a, lips. a DC character. <laughs> He's Mr. Oh, Fantastic. You got your wish. Got your wish, uh, Derek. We're not doing Marvel. We're doing DC. <laughs> I didn't wish that. Well, you didn't. You didn't want rather to. Rather had 
Captain He did America show up hats. in uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. He shows so up, I... uh, yeah, he's a member of Justice League. He shows up fairly often. All right. Plastic Man, I will have to research him. It looks like there's 29 episodes, so what episode are we doing? So 29? 29. So 25. It's going to release on Easter. Nice. And welcome back, Derek. This is going to be your episode. Woohoo! Derek. All right, sweet. All right, so... Uh, next time on Amazingly Terrible, we have uh, Spider-Man 1981, Episode 16, The Unfathomable Professor Gizmo. And on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we have Plastic Man Adventures, Episode 25. Looking forward to doing it. Hey, David, you want to just finish this so we can get on with the bullshitting? I have a gazillion minutes of nonsense. Do do we want to talk about the original script for Ghostbusters a little bit more? For this show or the cartoon no, the, or the movie? The, the, the movie. It's over. It's over. No, no, we talked and, about and that also, last time. We didn't. We didn't really explain how the Ghostbusters equipment worked either. Oh, Did we go into that too? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, sure. I mean, we can no. like the details of proton technology. I feel like that we is- left a lot of this up to. Making the containment unit, okay, I think, and, I think and how the quarks and protons. We're requiring our listeners to know what the Ghostbusters are in order to enjoy this podcast. Do you think that is the, that fair? I I do feel like the statute of limitations has exceeded what somebody knowing what the Ghostbusters are. Yeah, I'm not like sure. if you don't know who the Ghostbusters are in 2021, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, you're, our, you're, 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 you're a young person. Our listener knows yeah, what it is. If you person. don't know who the Ghostbusters are, no, they're, they're literally are releasing a movie to today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're releasing a movie today. So if you're a young person, you're like, ooh, the new Ghostbusters they're not, movie. They're not going to yeah, stumble across our podcast. They're going to be like, which one is Paul Rudd? Why aren't they talking yeah. about Paul Rudd? Yeah, yeah what the fuck? Where's Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd, he's so old. What about that one girl that looks like He's also the sexiest man alive. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make a note to talk down to kids next time. Okay, yeah. okay. As long For as we Paul play, Rudd. No, we're not going to talk down to kids. So. Fucking Gen Z kids. No offense to any Gen Z listeners. Okay. Pick All a right. better... Yeah, the, well, yeah, next episode is Spider-Man, so that's a... I, that's a good one. Oh, God always, damn it. That's that's right. Right. I don't know who the hell's yeah. listening to that. <laughs> yeah. you? That's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't want to do Spider-Man again. God damn it. Why the hell do spy- keep on telling you to remove these for us? You're a spider and you'll like it. Spider-Man. He can do what a spider can. Derek, I added 12 Spider-Mans. Spider's man. I know Adam loves Spider-Man. I like Triangle Man. He wants Spider-Man. I prefer human man. Um, I don't know if, um, if Spider-Man crawled around if, and licked my balls, I'd be a bigger fan of Spider-Man. Man. Yeah. Living Derek. his life in a garbage I tried to make it funny, Matt. Thank you. Derek, did, did you see, uh, have you seen the new Spider-Man yet? Because I'm going to ask you as soon as we watch, as soon as we start recording next time. Just so you know. Are, are you talking <laughs> the one that just... The, the one with the Tom, Timothy the, Holland. Timothy Holland days, yes. Uh, no, for uh, for Timothy Holland, I've been Matt. For Paul Rudd, I have been 
the unaged. I'm Mike, and ghosts breathe through their buttholes. <laughs> and this is Derek. I'm really glad to be back after about a month and a half. Spider-Man. And hey, David. Who are you, David? David. David. Yeah. Yeah, David. David. David, who I, are you? David. I'm David. Who are you? Who are you, David? No, I'm David. David. No, I am David. I'm no, I'm David. David. Whatever, I've, I've got it. <laughs> David's gonna re-record this. I'm David. David, I'm Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. I was lucky never to have the blowouts that come up, like out the back of the diaper, up through the back and hit the back of the head. David's over like, here, like I don't care. <laughs> I remember, I remember my my David days, like sometime prior to October October ninth. That's actually um, before kids. I had a kid. David kids. David is actually like, just yeah, re- he's replaced himself with a cardboard cutout that looks bored. He just sets that up during yeah. the episode. He's like, I don't give a fuck about your kids. Hey, this is another it's one of those four-hour podcasts that will be trimmed down to 45 minutes. It's okay. <laughs>